standby for stage reset and house lights. Thanks team for another great show. I'll see you all backstage. This is Designed to Change, Backstage Conversations. Mo, how do you feel? I feel great. That was a lot of fun. Um, it, 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 you know, like it, I think for me, it's. I, I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not blowing smoke, but uh, I enjoy talking about stuff. I enjoy talking about process, and um, yeah. I enjoy talking about the process of solving problems. It's not yeah. quite as interesting as actually solving problems, but it is a close second. Yeah, and sometimes taking a moment to reflect on how you do things, because uh, you do them so maybe instinctively or by sure. design or, you know, you develop a practice, right? That you and your colleague, your peers, your clients, people that you work with, they, they, they choose you for that. But really articulating what it is, is sometimes difficult, uh, I find, or it's like uh, saying how you do things uh, or what <laughs> you care about, you know, you don't, you don't often have a lot of space to talk about those things. I, I think the uh, the biggest lesson for that for me was um, when I was leaving to university, um, I asked my mother to teach me how to cook some things. You know, it's like, uh, I don't know how to cook, like I'm off and, uh, you yeah. know, so she was going to teach me how to make some of my favorite, you know, things to eat. Yeah. And, um, you know, we began that, we began that conversation and it very quickly became apparent that she had no idea of measurements. Like there was no teaspoon of this or a teaspoon of that or a cup of this or a cup of that. It was all very like, put a little bit of, you know, cinnamon in it. Like, yeah. what is a little bit? Like, is, is that? She's like, oh, no, that's too much. That's not a little bit. <laughs> I don't know, looks like a little bit to me, you know, and, 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 and it was this object lesson in the fact that, you know, she had been taught the same way by her mother and, and, and I'm sure her mother got taught this, you know, this like, um, instinctual way to kind of cook, like it needs a little bit more of this or a little bit more of that or whatever, that it's not, it's not science as art, right? Like, and, um, I think asking people to your point sometimes to describe their process and encapsulate it into a set of instructions um, can be very difficult. Um, you know, a good example is, you know, how do you, you know, that game that the five whys, mm -hmm. when someone gives you an answer, like, you know, okay, why? Right. And well, because of this, and you go, okay, why? Right. Why? Like you keep going. <laughs> You keep going until you get to the, um, you know, to think of it in mathematical terms, you keep factoring the number until you get to a prime number, right? Like, okay, the answer is two, right? Like, great, we've gotten to two now. Um, but how do you know you're at a prime, right? Like, how do you know you've gotten to a core enough assumption to a core enough problem that is um actually designable around or whether that problem also has a lot of other dependencies underneath it that you need to continue to 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 factor uh for and um that i think to your point becomes on some level instinct right it's the 
Um, I'm sure it's apocryphal, but it's the story about Michelangelo, you know, with the David, you know, how did you, how did you uh, make this sculpture? It was like, well, I took the block of stone and I removed everything that wasn't David. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> if I were to try that, it would look like a pile of rocks, right? Like it would not look. <laughs> Poor David. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think I lied. I think I removed a little too much David, right? Like, and and um, that expertise, knowing where to put the chisel and where to not use the chisel and, and, and where to break things down into component parts, that is... Um, certainly something that that you learn every day a little bit more about. And, um, you know, I've always said for me personally that uh, the only thing that keeps me interested in my job is the fact that I, uh, I've never gone a day without learning new things yeah. and learning new skills or learning new perspectives or learning new questions to ask. And, um, that's kind of what I loved about the conversation. I'm already coming away from this conversation based on things you've said going like, oh, shit, that's a really interesting take. Like, that's a really interesting perspective on it. And, yeah. um, you know, uh, that that's why I'm dying to read the book by David, right? Like, it, it, I'm really interested in the other 62 or 61, you know, perspectives and, and trying to learn from some of that because... Um, it's an interesting world we live in. And, and I, I think that you could take 10 of us who have the exact same job on paper and realize mm -hmm. that our experiences and our approaches and the things that we do are so incredibly different, even though we do all, we do all on some level do the same thing, yeah. right? Now, <clears throat> what people might not know about you is that, um, uh, although you did mention it, you know, you, you you read a lot, right? You have a running collection of over ten thousand books, but you never dance. At least that's what it says in your LinkedIn profile. I, I don't know. I don't. Should you update that, or is that like a, is that like a hard fact? I I don't dance. <laughs> Not even I backstage. Am, I I am incredibly self conscious. <laughs> I, I I I really truly am, and um, I've never been able to lose myself like a you know i have a, i have friends who dance and my my wife likes to dance uh, uh i i um i'm jealous i think of that ability like to be able to lose yourself in kind of physical motion but um i i am not that guy because when when you were a film director when you were you know directing commercials and all of you're in fact getting people to to do a form of dance right it's 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 an it's a Absolutely. form of acting there's things happening that are orchestrated in the form of a dance so you know that involves all sorts of motion uh what what, what are the motions you're taking because i we didn't get to talk to that on stage but backstage you're, you're working on some very fascinating stuff with the gen city labs this new thing that you're working on you're dancing with the future right uh you're dancing well, on, we're... on digital <laughs> we're we're trying to dance with the future. I mean, I look, I think that um I think that web three in a lot of ways is the future, right? And and just for for, for folks who don't necessarily understand what web three means, I'll try and make it as easy as I can. Uh yeah. web one was a uh publishing model. 
right? Someone else put a bunch of shit on the web and you can consume it. Feel free, right? Like it's basically in that, you know, era in, in the 90s when the web was really something you logged on to to read the news or to read a blog or, or not even a blog, right? to, to read an article or to watch, uh, you know, to watch, a, to read a comic or whatever it may be. Someone else was publishing and you were consuming. That was web one. Um, the web two model was meant to be about user generated content, right? Like the, the, everybody was publishing and everybody was consuming. But the reality of what happened with Web2 is that everything consolidated, right? And so, whereas we started with a fairly interesting Web2 world where you had things like Blogspot and uh, GeoCities, if you're that old, um, you know, where people were creating these very personal sites and everything was like, it was horribly designed, but like very much an articulation of, of people's uh, interests and, and personalities and all this other stuff. And, um, you know, it, lots of use of the HTML blink tag um, to make sure. <laughs> but, but, In multiple um, colors. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. You know, black backgrounds with stars on them and all that stuff. <laughs> but like, you know, it went from that to what we have today, which is like, you know, a, a very templatized uh, publishing model, right? Like you can publish on TikTok or, or Snapchat or Instagram, but um, one thing remains true, which is you don't own your content. You're publishing your content in somebody else's magazine and they're selling that magazine and making money off of you. And, 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 and you get nothing for it except like, oh my God, I got a lot of likes. You know, look at look at all my likes or whatever. Now there are a few people who have bubbled up to the top and as influencers or whatever who do actually make money, but they make money um, they make money by leveraging somebody else's platform, and they don't make all the money they could because fundamentally the platform makes the most money. Web three is really about kind of decentralizing that 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 focus. It's about uh, giving uh, ownership back to the individual, whether that ownership is your content or your data, and and creating um, publicly verifiable ways to uh, connect the ownership of content with an individual. Right, like we see that with NFTs, and everybody, you know. NFTs are stupid. NFTs are just like, why do I need to prove that I own this JPEG? And yeah, I, I get it. It's not that interesting on some level. But if you really think about it as a as a way, uh, it, as a digital token that shows that you either own something or have done something or or have some kind of status or whatever, um, that is kind of Web three. We see a shift into more of a decentralization away from these platforms and towards an individual being able to own things, uh, whether that's their personality, whether that's their data, whether that's how they engage with you, whether that's how um, you know they maintain their educational credits, whatever it may be, but to, to be able to tokenize the idea of ownership. Um, and... I firmly, I've always felt this when it comes to events, but but I, you know, the best events are events that reflect a community, as opposed to communities that reflect an event, right? Like the, the 
sorry, the other way around. <laughs> like a community that has an event versus an event that has a community, right? Like a community that has an event becomes to me um, uh, stickier, more sustainable, more vibrant, more real, right? Like Comic-Con is a great example, right? Those people aren't just, uh, you know, cosplayers one one or two days a year, right? Those Those people are... Uh, into that world they 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 they're deep into the fandom they get a lot of pleasure out of it and they enjoy it and they spend lots of money doing it and that event in a lot of ways reflects the community um there's a lot of business events that are the other way around right like hey there's this event that we're having you should come to the event but if you look at the sustainability or the tail of that event it exists for maybe a month before while everyone's trying to figure out what they're going to do and maybe for a few weeks after um, how do you build communities um, and sustain them and engage them and um, find the levers that activate them uh, in a sustainable and organic way that makes them feel like they are part of something and want to mm -hmm. contribute to it um, and have ownership in that, right? Like there's a lot of really interesting models that Web3 allows. Um, you know, there's 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 token based governance. Um, there's DAOs, which are you know a way to leverage tokens to create essentially voting systems around stuff. Um, yep. That's the kind of stuff we're exploring. Is really how do you leverage Web three and um, our tokenized future to build communities in ways that become sustainable and frankly valuable to not just um, the organizer of the community, but to the people in the community as well, right? Like, I think that Web3 is our next best opportunity to um, to flip the script, right? Like, people always, uh, you know, the, the joke about Facebook was like, you know, uh, that that we're not the customer, Right, the advertiser—they're an advertising company. We're we're not the yeah. customer. We're what they're selling. Right, like yeah. you are the yeah. raw product. Right, like that they are selling to an advertiser. Um, mm -hmm. We're trying to take it so that the community is owned by the people who are part of it. Right, like you can organize yeah. a community and yet let the people who are part of that community help define that community so that they don't feel like the raw product, so that they feel yeah. like they are part of something. So that's what we're working on. Yeah, and I and I love that thinking because at the end of the day, even if the technology today, we've seen all the flaws happen in the first number of years and, and, and suspending the disbelief that decentralization can actually work uh, for people to keep track of what they've created over time and have it render, right? Have it have it give back to them for what they invested at one point in sweat capital and contributions and being a volunteer leader and helping make stuff, uh, whatever it might be. I think that is a very, you know, almost like the meritocracy turned into a system. Um, it's very difficult to do. You know, others have tried it before when technology wasn't at the level where it is today. Um, but I think I, I strongly feel, you know, with you that tokenization of events is a big thing to explore uh, and also to just make happen. So yeah, my and, horizon and... of change 
you know, just to like, um, you know, maybe see if, see if this is something that we could hold each other accountable to. Um, I think we need to build some proofs of concept or just, you know, do this in practice, right? So one of the challenges I want to do is, is figure out how we can get the people that contribute to this podcast. This is the 125th or no, 128th episode, I think, that we have right now in less than two years, talking to people who all contribute their conversation. Um, and these conversations in themselves have value, but also the combination of them can turn into other things like a book, you know, that one person takes the initiative, aggregates 65 stories, takes the effort of marketing, collating, you know, Editing, curating. <laughs> There's all sorts of things that need to happen to bring it to life, right? Um, and I, I think it would be super interesting to to uh, to work on one of these case studies and by this time next year, it is now 19th of April, 2023. It's my brother's birthday, by the way. If you're listening, brother, nice. this one's for you. <laughs> I'll, Happy I'll send birthday. it to him later today. He's already asleep because he's in, he's, in, uh, he's in the Netherlands. Um, but this is uh, next year on his birthday. I'd like to look back and say, you know what? This tokenization thing, we've just tried it. You know, And maybe, Mo, this will give us an opportunity to, to collaborate and hang out on an island or spend some time online to see if we can make one of these things happen. Because I think unless we do things, uh, we can still have all these visions, but we need to explore, articulate, and then we need to convert them into a new form of expertise, right? That allows people to, um, to make it happen. Because I think that's the thing that's gonna get people that are listening to this podcast promoted next. If they cannot just talk about the new things and the new trends, but if they can do them. And this is one uh, of the things we've been driven at. Yeah. With count the me in. Collective, I... you know, to Let's get these do people it. To, to teach them or to bring them to a point or to do it with them. Um, so let's create the motive. I, I think we just created the motive, by the way. I think we just now did. We just That's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's no, on look, public record. I, I can decide not to publish, but I, I am going to publish. Absolutely publish. Like hold ourselves right. accountable. Like I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm down to play, but, but here, here's what I'll say. I don't know what the answer is. I, I really don't. And, and I don't think anybody does. And, and, and I no. look, I, I'll be, uh, I'll be completely honest that what excites me about web three is not that the answers are there. What excites me about Web3 is that there's a lot of really, excuse my language, really fucking interesting problems, right? Yeah. And um, it reminds me a lot, and, and I think you and I are of a similar age, but it reminds me a lot of that excitement when the web first started, right? When it first yeah. started to become a part of everybody's day, and, you know, where you went from like it was this weird thing that you used a dial up modem to get onto. And maybe if you were lucky, you know, you could um, spend an hour on the Web to being something like we work on the Web, we meet on the Web, like we do we date on the Web, like everything's happening. Right. Um, but at that very early part of the Web, there was a lot of really, really fucking dumb experiments. Yeah just incredibly dumb ideas, right? Like, we're going to do <laughs> this on the internet. And you're like, okay. Um, and, and a lot of those dumb experiments were learning moments, right? We learned how to define the next, you know, the next thing, right? Okay, that didn't work. 
Uh, those other guys did that thing. I'm going to do this thing a little bit different. And that's how we ended up with, with, with the world that defined the web. Um, my, my final quoting of Bruce Mao, but like, you know, he talks about events. When he talks about events, he he often refers to this idea um, or sorry, this, 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 this story that he told me, but which is, you know, if you look at the early days of radio, mm. right? Um, the very early days of radio, no one had ever done radio. There, there, there wasn't a thing called radio. It was just all of a sudden we had a new technology where I could speak into a microphone and magically I have, you know, for the average person back then, like, I don't understand how this works, but that, that voice or that sound travels through the air and appears in somebody's house, you know, uh, 50 miles away, it reproduced exactly. So all of a sudden we have this new technology that allows us to transport voice somewhere else. There was no rules. They, there, people didn't understand what a radio show was because there was never a radio show before, right? Yeah. So they took the closest thing they had, which was plays. And they took plays and brought plays into the radio. And that was the beginning of radio is they literally like they would perform plays on radio. And if you listen to old radio, it's I'm absolutely still, true. <laughs> I still love them, right? They, they, they had the sandboxes with the, with the stones in with them where the horse and arrives and, and they would in you know, front of yeah. the microphone. That, these things that's are exactly still happening, right? right? It's it's yeah. the original but, ASMR, right? <laughs> but 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 the, the, but that might, but his point was is like in order to define radio, there was a lot of experiment. We started with something that was a close analog and we kind of played with it for a bit, but within, you know, 10, 15 years, there was rules around radio. This is how you do radio, right? Like this is what we do and this is how we perform radio. And then television happened, right? And so what happened at the beginning of television is once again, there was no rules for television. So they just took radio and dumped it into television. If you look at early television, they're performing radio shows on video, right? Like, and 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 um, like, what fascinates me is some of the old uh, commercials that used to happen mm -hmm. on TV. Like, it would be you know some guy talking, and then the camera would just pan over to a table, and there would be the product sitting on the table, and the guy would walk over and go, "Today's episode is brought to you by Jansen Sloped Snow, you know, soap flakes, and." Uh, yeah. You know, the, for the whitest whites, you buy Jensen Snowflake. And now back to our show. And they can't repent. But, you know, like 10 years later, they had defined a set of rules and, and ways and approaches to what television would become. And we've lived through that. And then we got the internet, right? And then if you look at the early days of internet broadcasting, it was a lot of attempts to recreate the talk show, right? Like people would put the desk and the people next to them and this whole thing. And but now we're in a different world where we have like what's happening right now, right? We're used to like separate boxes with you know people who have their own microphones and video equipment, whatever, who can sit there and have and a we, conversation. And we turn it back into radio, right? We turn it back <laughs> to audio only. <laughs> we're going back in time. Well, it's not live. But, now you can box it up and play it in your car whilst you're running down the and street. And take it wherever you want. Part of the planet. I, yeah. But that's what's exciting to me about Web3. And that's what's exciting to me about the experiments that are happening in Web3. Like, I look at a lot of the stuff that's happening in Web3, and hmm. my initial reaction is, this is dumb, right? But <laughs> it's also like, that's just my initial reaction, number one. 
I've been wrong a lot. And sometimes things that I think are incredibly dumb succeed, right? Like you know, I'm, I'm not the arbiter of taste. And yeah. there's a set of experiments happening in, in Web3 right now, uh, happening every single day that to some degree or another will succeed or fail. And those experiments succeeding or failing will define our next kind of you know, 10 to 20 years of the internet. And I guarantee you that, you know, five to 10 years from now, no one will be talking about web three, right? Like there will be some knuckleheads in a corner talking about web four and, you know, whatever the hell that is, right? Like, and, and, and we'll be in this cycle again. And there'll be a lot of old people like me going like, ah, web four, that's so stupid. Like, it doesn't make any sense, right? Like whatever the hell it is. But it will continue to move forward. I'm just super excited in this space. Uh, I'm super excited to experiment, and I'm super excited to figure out new ways of connecting people, right? Like new ways of making um, conversations happen, new ways of sparking ideas. Uh, because ultimately, I think that that is what the 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 special sauce of events is. Right. It's yeah. it's, you know, yeah. to to not to not, not to blow smoke up David Adler's rear, but like it is serendipity. Right. Like that's what's amazing about live events. It's like I was in the hallway and I met this guy and I would never have met him before. And all of a sudden now I'm, I'm getting on a plane. I'm going to Chile because there's something happening that's super exciting. You know, whatever the heck it is, um, yeah. that doesn't happen to us most, you know, in, in most days of our life. And, and this idea of experimentation, this idea of bringing people together, this idea of sparking, um, sparking new ideas of like, you know, mm. taking, taking two things and jamming them together and going like, oh, crap, like, this is cool. <laughs> it's a new thing exactly. now, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and that's what's exciting to me. And I, 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 Categorically, don't know what the answer is, but I do know that the problem is really interesting. Yeah. So let's explore that problem. <clears throat> uh, let's do it with one thing, right? One thing that we're going to take a year to kind of do something with it. I still I don't know don't know what it is. We'll we'll figure out let's what it is. Let's do it. We'll figure it out. We're going to explore. We know what the end result will be. We know what the start situation is. Is where we are right now. Um, and next year we can tell you about that track as to what what it what it did or didn't do. Uh, see what the learnings are. Uh, Mo, I want to thank you for the time you spent hanging out with us backstage. We've done so much talking that you know we each have to get our own drinks, uh, as do our listeners by now. We're going to add the links to uh, your organization's website, your website, your LinkedIn profile to David Adler's new book, Harnessing Serendipity. Um, if you have other stuff that you want to send us, send it to me in the next couple of days and we'll make sure we add it to Fantastic. the notes. The only and, and I'll get I you that you questionnaire. Is, exactly. Is the questionnaire with seven questions in kind of a bullet point fashion. So people can scroll through that I, as well. I will have that and to you then, by end of day. Awesome. And then uh this will be in the air probably uh within the next day. Um and on that note, thank you so much. Thank you to our listeners. And uh, speak to you soon. Bye-bye. You've been hanging out backstage on Design to Change Designer Conversations. Thank you for tuning in. And don't forget to subscribe and share conversations online using hashtag Design to Change and hashtag Event Canvas.
Want more thought-provoking content like this? Visit designtochange.online to purchase your copy of Design to Change, elevating your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Don't forget, it's more than just a book. Experience a hard copy, audio format, video format, and even augmented reality. Experience it in your style and format. Tune into our next episodes and hear from more designers and change makers. Until then, we look forward to our next conversation.